Hello everyone and welcome to episode 73 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode we're going to talk about music festivals here in the UK. Have you ever been to a music festival? Doesn't really matter because you can't actually respond to me while we're listening to this podcast, but that's what we're going to talk about anyway in today's episode. So just quickly before we get into it, transcripts for the podcast, for any of the episodes for this episode or other episodes uh, will be available for free on the website. That is www.unlockingbritishenglish.com. And as always, if you have any kind of thoughts or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast, feel free to send me a message. You can contact me on Instagram at Unlocking British English, or you can contact me via email, unlockingbritishenglish at gmail.com. So let's get into it. Music festivals in the UK. So music festivals have become quite a big deal here in the UK. We host several that are pretty famous around the world, right, such as the Isle of Wight Festival or Glastonbury, among many others. Uh, but today you can find over 200 different music festivals for a wide range of different genres, whether it's rock or jazz, classical, pop or a mixture and all kinds of different types of music. Obviously, as opposed to just like a concert of one band, festivals introduced kind of a longer format, right, taking place over either a full day or often over several days, and you would have this mixture of bands, um, and they sort of ended up creating this kind of new culture surrounding the enjoyment of music and the way that we think about um, experiencing live music. Festivals in the UK will typically take place over a weekend uh, with tens of thousands of people camping out to see their favourite artists while going on a little, a little um, mini booze-fueled holiday, let's say, with their friends. Often uh, with these music festivals, there's a fair amount of drinking and partying and all these kind of things. Um, and so, yeah, of course, there are different types and different formats, but most of the big festivals especially, they'll take place over a weekend or over a few days, for example, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so where did all this actually start? The, the big modern music festivals began in the 1960s, so uh, such as the Isle of Wight Festival. Um, the festivals in the UK, however, weren't actually the very first music festivals or big modern music festivals to be heard. Um, the Isle of Wight Festival actually happened uh, after the success of the Woodstock Festival, which happened um, in the United States. Um, some of these festivals in the UK started more as jazz festivals or jazz and blues festivals. Uh, for example, the Reading Festival, which is another big modern festival, actually began as the National Jazz and Blues Festival. Um, and the first ever Glastonbury Festival was actually known as the Pilton Pop Blues and Folk Festival. Um, like I mentioned, there are loads of different festivals that happen here in the UK, but I want to focus on a couple of the bigger, more famous ones in today's episode. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Isle of Wight Festival. 
So the Isle of Wight Festival is a music festival that is held over three days during Friday, Saturday and Sunday on a small island off the south coast of England. So the Isle of Wight, just in case you're not aware, is just a small little island that you can find just off the south coast of the UK. Very easy to get to from Southampton, where I live, for example. Um, the first ever festival was placed uh, was held sorry, on a place called Hell's Field. Um, near a place called God's Hill in September of 1968. Uh, it was attended by about 10,000 people uh, and a band called Jefferson Airplane were headlining, which is not someone I was uh, very familiar with, to be completely honest. Um, that was the first festival in 1968. So there was about 10,000 people on this farm, basically, on this little place um, on the little island on the off the south coast of the UK. Um, the next year's event became uh, substantially bigger. Uh, in 1969, the Isle of Wight Festival featured Bob Dylan and his band. Um, obviously, Bob Dylan was a big artist anyway, but this was actually his first big performance since he had had uh, a motorcycle accident a few years later. Um, and at that time, it wasn't actually clear whether he was going to return to perform and do big performances and stuff like that. Um, and so for for him and for some other people, um, you know, people came from across the world for this festival and they're not exactly sure on the exact numbers of attendance, but it's estimated that there were anywhere between 150 and 250,000 people in attendance. Um, of that year, so a lot of people, right? You think of nearly a quarter of a million people in a in a field on a farm somewhere, dancing to music. That's a pretty incredible scene. Um, that was quite big, but the following year was even bigger again. The 1970 event, the third year that the Isle of Wight Festival was held. Uh, was by far the biggest of these early festivals um, and it's actually said that at the time it, it might have been one of the largest human gatherings in the world um, for anything, not just for a music festival. Uh, it's estimated that there were over 500,000 people in attendance uh, which made it bigger than Woodstock or all of the other uh, festivals. The exact number is debated a little bit um, but this was a festival that included over 50 performers, some of which included Jimi Hendrix, Miles Davis, The Doors and The Who, among many others. Um, and the grand success of this year's event, the 1970 event, uh, this un these unexpectedly high levels of attendance, actually led to the British Parliament adding new laws um, and new rules kind of to the to the council, the city council of the Isle of Wight, preventing different levels of gatherings in different places. At the time, it was actually thought that this festival was basically just going to uh, promote loads of crime and um, like destruction of local property and basically it just wasn't going to bring about um, anything good. Now it is, uh, of course, like I say, a, a huge music festival known by a lot of people around the world. It still has, um, you know, very big, famous people come to um, to play and perform in this in this festival. And whilst it changes, you know, year to year depending on the circumstances and who's performing, it will average somewhere around seventy thousand people uh, in attendance each year. So uh, not quite the same as having. 
um, you know, potentially half a million people listening to Jimi Hendrix. Um, it's still a huge amount of people. And so, uh, yeah, the Isle of Wight Festival is still going today. It's still very, very popular. Um, if you live in the south of England, especially if you live in a city that has a port like I do in Southampton, um, it often gets very, very busy around those times because people have to drive down to the south of the UK and then they have to get a ferry over to the Isle of Wight so you have um, it brings in a lot of business not just for the Isle of Wight but for uh, other towns in the south of England that are used as kind of transportation um, cities and towns right and things like that um, so that's the Isle of Wight festival big festival that happens on a small little island off the south coast of, of the UK um, the other one of the other very big festivals that a lot of people have probably heard about that I wanted to talk about a little bit today is the Glastonbury festival um, as I mentioned earlier when this first started the Glastonbury festival was actually known uh, as the Pilton pop blues and folk festival um, uh, it's also been known as other things uh, along the way but this is a five-day festival um, that happens in a place called Pilton in Somerset in England um, and alongside the music this festival also hosts other types of arts like dance comedy theater circus and different things like that um, it's had of course many different huge pop and rock artists that have headlined um, lots of other you know smaller smaller bands and people along the way there have been films uh, and albums recorded at Glastonbury you know some bands um, recording recording you know albums and different things or films being made uh, of the event um, yeah very 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 big event and it's attended um, in in terms of attendance it's uh, bigger than the Isle of Wight festival is now uh, it's usually attended by somewhere around 130 or 170,000 people maybe more uh, like I said it has been headlined by lots of famous people including people like David Bowie, Oasis, Jay-Z, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder uh, and many more so yeah very big a uh, very big festival that draws in a lot of people um, and I think for a lot of musicians you know, being able to headline big festivals like this you know is, is, is a big honor still because you know it's one thing to to sell you know a lot of albums sell a lot of albums to your fans and things like that but to be able to headline a big multi-genre um, event like this where you have hundreds if not thousands of different acts uh, playing and so it attracts a general public right it's not attracting necessarily one type of music fan it's attracting all kinds of different people that come for all different types of reasons uh, and if you can headline a show like that if you can be the main name you know that brings most of those people in then you know that's a that's a huge thing so you know it's it's, it's still the kind of event that can attract a lot of a lot of people a lot of musicians not just from you know a financial standpoint right not just because they get paid to be there but because it's a huge thing for them in, in their career um, and so yeah the first festival was at a place called Worthy Farm, uh, like I say, called the Pilton Pop Blues and Folk Festival. Um, uh, it was hosted in September of 1970 and was attended by about 1,500 people. Um, there w had already been a little bit of a commercial sort of festival tradition, uh, which had included the 
Reading Festival, which was at that time the National Jazz and Blues Festival, and the Isle of Wight Festival. Um, and so, yeah, hosted and organised by a guy called Michael Evis. Um, uh, he wanted to, well, basically he had seen these other festivals and he'd seen this big open air concert that was headlined by Led Zeppelin and he thought, I want in on a bit of that. I want to give. I want to get a, uh, a piece of that action. I want to give that a go. And so, um, yeah. Since uh, since 1981, the festival has been organised um, by the local by this local farmer and site owner, Michael Evis, um, through his little company that he's run. He used to run it with his wife uh, until she unfortunately passed away in 1999, uh, and she now and he now sorry co-runs it with his daughter. Um, there was a so it's just, it's this you know huge event that is being run just basically by these local farmers this local farming family which I think is pretty cool. Um, in two thousand and two, they they did start to work with a big festival company that started to to manage more of the logistics and the security and things like that because obviously these are huge events you have to think about things like uh, water toilets security. Um, um, food and, and drinks and all this different kind of stuff there's a lot to do and if you're dealing with upwards of a hundred thousand people then that's no easy job um, so they did actually take on some help with uh, this big company called Festival Republic uh, starting in 2002 but that actually ended in 2012 uh, and the Glastonbury Festival is now just completely uh, independent and another cool thing about this is that the Glastonbury Festival's company actually donates most of their profits to charities, uh, local charities and community groups and things like that. Um, so it's not just this big, you know, corporate for profit organization. It's something that, you know, aims to actually give back to the community and, uh, you know, help the local community around it that has obviously been a big part of growing these this, this big event. Um, and with the exception of some of the technical staff and some of the security staff, the festival is mainly run by volunteers, which is often the case with these with these festivals. Um, honestly, it's not really hard to get people to volunteer for these things, because obviously if you're working there, then you're also there, right? You're still in attendance, you're still able to kind of see the music and, and you know, be a part of the atmosphere and stuff like that. It's just that uh, you're also doing some other jobs, and but you didn't have to pay for your ticket so um yeah you know you'll 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 get thousands of, of volunteers of student uh sorry of, not just of students but uh different types of people um and yeah that's uh i guess that's the the, the glastonbury festival so um like I mentioned, there are hundreds, hundreds of, of music festivals now. Uh, modern music festivals have become this, you know, huge social phenomenon. They're uh, a very Instagrammable type of thing as well. You see a lot of people uh, posting about it online. So, you know, the popularity keeps growing and growing. And there's no reason to think that these types of events will slow down. Um, but whilst these big, massive festivals like the Isle of Wight or Glastonbury or Red or other things like that are still going and are still growing um, there does seem to also be the emergence of these kind of smaller scale festivals more what they're known as boutique festivals but more just a, yeah smaller more specific 
um, festivals that maybe have a little bit more of a focus on not just the music but the the whole experience some will focus more on like wellness and, and have like yoga and healthy living and they'll have like talks or different things others will focus on like fashion and other different elements of different parts of culture and um yeah, nowadays it's not just about the bands and the DJs, but also about, you know, the funky street food, the the unique and interesting side shows and performances and, and all kinds of weird and wonderful art that you can find at these different things. And so, yeah, music festivals have been a big part of our culture for a long time, um, but they seem to be growing and changing in a lot of different ways now as well. Uh, and so, yeah, the music is not just the only focus in all of these festivals now. There are other, other elements. So, um, unfortunately, I can't really give you very much information on my personal experience on the big big music festivals because I haven't actually ever been to a big weekend festival something like the Isle of Wight or Glastonbury for example um, I have thought about it and I have friends that have been but there's a couple of things for me um, that have just kind of put me off before or that have stopped me from buying a ticket the first is that I often have found that there might be a few bands that I'd be really interested to go and see, but then there would be the vast majority of the other bands that, quite honestly, I wasn't really that interested in. And, and for me, going to something like that would be, you know, mainly for the music. I want to see maybe some artists that I've never had the opportunity to see or experience certain artists in that, you know, in that festival atmosphere where you have, you know, these huge, huge amounts of people in this open air uh, situation uh, it's not the same as you know going to a concert or something like that um, so that was that was a thing you know I never really came across a festival that was like actually yeah I want to see most of these artists most of these bands um, you know but then the other thing is that um, you know the experience lo usually you're camping um, and you know music festivals not all of them but a lot of them uh you know can be renowned for not being necessarily the most comfortable experience you have a lot of people crammed into maybe not a huge amount of space obviously you know you have your own space and your intent or whatever but there's a lot of people around you um you know toilet access and things like that can be limited um not always easy to get showers and things like that and so for me personally uh it just wasn't necessarily something that like called out to me uh i prefer to go to concerts you know i prefer to pick specific uh, bands or artists that I like and go and see them, uh, the music festival um, or at least a music festival over a weekend is not really my thing personally. I've been to a few of the smaller music festivals that would happen over just one day um, and that is pretty cool. Like I say, you know, being in that atmosphere of, you know, uh, loads and loads of people out on this big field somewhere, this huge stage and, um, you know, different bands playing, you know, it's very, very, very rare that you would be able to see multiple big bands big names playing on the same stage you know obviously not at the exact same time but still uh, it's pretty cool so 
you know, you never know. Maybe I'll I'll check one out in the future, but uh, I don't see it as very likely. So I can't tell you the exact experience of what it's like to be at something like the Isle of Wight Festival. But if you're the kind of person that likes that kind of thing, then obviously it's going to be uh, a pretty amazing experience for you. So um, yeah, as always, it's really cool to hear from you guys, to hear about your experiences and uh, your experiences in relation to things that I've talked about on the podcast. So you know, if you've ever been to one of these kind of music festivals i'd be really interested to hear about it send me a message on instagram or send me an email Uh, maybe you have other music festivals that are a little bit different in your country or maybe you've always wanted to visit a specific music festival here in the uk whatever it is i would love to hear from you guys so um yeah please feel free to get in touch contact me on instagram or send me an email but um yeah i think that is everything that i wanted to cover in today's episode so i'm going to leave it there for today thank you guys for listening as always i hope you guys enjoyed it and i look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode